0: What's up, NBA fans? We are through week one of the NBA. We are December 30th, recording just a few days left of 2020. By the time you hear this podcast, it'll likely be either New Year's Eve or already 2021. What a wild year for us, but we got Bubble NBA, we crowned a champion, and now we have started a new NBA season, new storylines, new narratives. We're not in the stadiums, but... I am glad to be firing up League Pass again, and I'm sure you are, Sean. And when it's as soon as it hits 4 p.m., we got a game to tune into, and I love it. Oh yeah, man! It, it's the best time
1: of the year. It's like there's so many games going on because I mean the schedule is condensed, right? So there's more. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's more games going on every day, and and that's just great for us fans. I mean, sometimes the starters sit out. Uh, we've already seen some strategic load management happening across the league. And I mean that's unfortunate, but I think that's just how the season has to be this year. Um, and so far, everything's gone off without a hitch. I mean, outside of that yeah. that first Houston Rockets OKC game, everyone's been good. Um, the last coronavirus check, there are no additional positive tests. So so far, it's working um, with the system that they have in place right now. Fingers crossed, it continues to be that way. And as more people get vaccinated, I think we're gonna we're gonna see a little. Bit more and more that we're going to get closer to maybe seeing a game sometime in 2021 in in person. That would be pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I'm crossing my fingers that we can do that in a in a safe and practical way. Of course, some some fans have already trickled their way into uh, the Cleveland Cavalier games, Utah Jazz games, and some of the Florida games. But here in California, we'll have to keep crossing our fingers that things get a get a little bit better, more practical for us to be in there. But yeah, I, I, w- I would love to to be back. Because we've been going to a Laker-Clipper season opener for the last oh, uh, three, three, three years, years yeah, three years. This is the first time we couldn't do it, and we just couldn't do it this year. Oh. I, it would have been a great game, Clippers versus uh versus Lakers. it was a very uh, good game. Yeah, yeah just couldn't happen this year. But you know, here we are. We we are. Most teams are five games in. We've got you know still a small sample size, but I think it's enough for us to dive in and discuss and see. You know, whether some people are who I think this is probably my favorite thing to do at the start of every season is just discuss <laughs> just, whether we are seeing the real deal or are some of these guys slash teams just bluffing and fooling us, making us look like real fools <laughs> a couple months from now. Yes, uh, so let's and, speculate know, and, wildly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's also people that maybe it seems like we might have bought too low on and we'll discuss those and more here on the podcast. But first, five games in. Uh, we've gotten a small sample size on some things, and some things it feels like we can get a little excited about. But, uh, just just to remind everybody, seven years ago, the process 76ers started 3 0. They beat (laughs) some cool, some good teams, some very convincing looking wins. A team led by Michael Carter Williams and Spencer Hawes, if you remember those names. Obviously, this team did (laughs) not end up having a winning record, ended up really falling through the stands, Carter Williams won the rookie of the year, but was really, a, a, I mean, just a middle of the pack type guy since then. Uh, and also last year, five games in, the Timberwolves were 4-1, and one, and everybody was calling them the sleeper, and everybody was, Timberwolves were trying to call people out for sleeping on them. Obviously, this team ended up finishing 19-20, and 20, for the year essentially getting twenty-one percent of their season wins just within the first nine days Aww. of that NBA <laughs> season. So you know, bad haps happen and hot starts happen, but also some of some bad starts occur as well. Two years ago the Rockets were one and five and ended up finishing fourth in the West at fifty-three and twenty-nine. And you know there's some guys here that may be either the Rockets or maybe the Timberwolves with their season starts.
1: Yeah, no, the, these are all very good lessons, and not even from ancient history of the NBA. This is very <laughs> recent stuff, some of this, especially that Rockets one, where it's like, yeah, I remember that season, or like, the beginning of the season when we're like, oh, yeah, like this this experiment with the Rockets isn't working out, and then, like, obviously they just came around and, and pulled it all together, so mm-hmm. everything that we've seen so far can happen in complete reverse, and it wouldn't even be surprising, so... We're we're gonna try to sift through it though. We're gonna see what's for real and what's not. I'm 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 excited to kind of break all that down.
0: Yeah, and just one last point here too. One weird thing, you know, this is going to be a weird year, but one of the weird things so far is just the sheer volume of blowouts we've been having. Of course, we have that Hmm. that Clippers uh, versus Dallas blowout, and then we had (laughs) we'll we'll talk about that too. And we had Uh. Milwaukee versus Miami blowout yesterday. (sighs) Uh, it just, it all, like that Clipper blowout was so surprising that it made some of these other big ones not so surprising, but we should be surprised just by the number of how many of them are happening. 11 of the first 39 games this year have been decided by more than 20 points. That's 28% of those wow. games and also double the blowout rate that, that we have seen for this number of games in the last decade. This is an incredible breakdown that the ringer did mm. I have an article on there. Just really dissecting all of it. And I mean, I think the question has to be asked, like, is it better talent, the faster pace that's leading to this? You know, obviously there's better shooting in the league, more possessions. And that's just a trend that's been happening the last few years. Or is it really or is it the effect of no fans out there? Are we seeing sort of like what the bubble effect was is going to look like through a whole season where some guys, some teams just get super hot and, and then the other team just cannot really find a way to catch up?
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting question and a super interesting stat. And I have noticed that, that a lot of these games aren't very close. Like, I mm. I remember looking through the League Pass, I'm like, I want to look for a good game. And I see all these games that are up by like 15, 20 points. I'm like, oh, man, like, that's not going to be that interesting. And then even mm. with that one you mentioned, the Bucks and the Heat, oh, that was on TNT, they actually stopped airing <laughs> the game in the fourth quarter. <laughs> that was insane. But... Yeah, that that's a great question. I do think no fans does come into play a little bit because obviously, if you are the home team getting blown out, or even if there is any sort of ambiance in, in the stadium, it can kind of give you some more motivation to be like, okay, like I am playing for more than just like this game. I am playing for like glory. I am playing to impress people, impress the fans, get get a jeer out of them or whatever. I don't think it has to do with talent or pace, but. What I do think it has to do with is lack of a reason to be competitive in individual games. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, no fans isn't the main reason because, I mean, we saw in the bubble there was no fans. Obviously, they had that that Michelob Ultra virtual fans, and that maybe adds <laughs> something to it. But at the end of the day, every one of those games in the bubble was super important. You had to win, and if you were down big, you had to keep trying. You had everything to play for. Now you're at the start of this 72-game regular season. You're not really sure what's going on, really. It's a totally different environment. A lot of these teams are are just trying to be ready for playoffs. I mean, you look at the Heat and the Clippers, two teams that basically lost by 50 points or more. (laughs) These are obviously playoff teams, but they're not going to try to come back in a game when they're down this much. Like there's just no motivation when you're at this point in the regular season. It's like when you're in the Clippers' shoes, you were what, 3 and 0 going into this game, it's like, "Oh, we we're, we're going to drop this one, go 3 to 3 and 1, whatever. Like, we're just trying to make it healthy to the playoffs." <laughs> um so when there's no fans to play for, no one to really like give you crap for sucking, then yeah, yeah you're just going to be like, "Whatever. We lost today. Who cares?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I mean, you get the quotes from like a Jordan quote where he talks about. I don't remember the exact quote, but he has a quote where he 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 mentions that he part of his motivation is playing for the kid who comes into the stadium. You know, who right. comes once a year, comes once every couple of years, or maybe it's just once in his childhood gets mm-hmm. to go to an NBA game and he yeah. plays for that kid and goes out there and you know plays for the crowd. And I got to imagine it plays into it a little bit. So yeah, I mean, when you go down fifteen, go down twenty. That that climb all of a sudden seems so much <laughs> steeper and so much more heavier. Mm-hmm. You know the package to to get to the top of that climb to get back into the game, and the fans I think have to help you carry get through that with with the, just the environment that gets created and sort of the motivation to to put some put a show put a show. I mean these guys it's entertainment at the end of the day and there's no right. one there that was watch the show. So I think that does get lost and it's it's an interesting thing from. Uh, from like a, for us fantasy mm-hmm. basketball perspective, <laughs> trying to really dissect to see where this teams are trending. Cause you know, right now we saw Miami get absolutely obliterated by Milwaukee yesterday. And today they were as competitive as we expected them to be in mm-hmm. that game without yeah. Jimmy Butler and ended up pulling out the win playing great defense. And mm-hmm. so it's like, do you, is it even worth analyzing any of these two games? Probably not. You just kind of take them as they are and just realize that this seems to be a league trend where uh, teams are going down and once they go down, they're having a hard time making it a, b- a basketball game. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's
1: just so hard when it's, I think even as the away team, it's like you want to shut the fans up, right? Like mm-hmm. even that's motivation enough to be like, I'm going to try to coloss back in this game so I can silence the crowd. Like, there. there's nothing like that, and for what appears to be like an like an exhibition match, it's just like, oh, well, you know, a lot of these playoff teams are like, on to the next one. Because I feel like you're seeing this more even from the teams that are competitive playoff teams, like the Clippers yeah. and the Heat, and even like the Mavericks, to an extent, have, have gotten blown out themselves. Um, there's yeah. just no motivation, and, and it is an odd environment, even though they played in the bubble, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to look too far into it though, but I do think it is interesting that it has caused such a
0: big difference in in uh, the amount of points they score. Yeah, exactly. And I think another piece of it, sort of the condensed schedule and the travel, yeah. uh, might play a part into it as well. You're yeah, you're true. playing a game, jumping on a flight, playing a game, really like only ten to twelve hours after that. So it could be a play. And I think I think is a perfect transition over to our section real deal or bluffing. And on top of that, you know, talking on your point of it really affecting some of these contending teams. And that's our, one of these teams. And this mm-hmm. is why they are making this section. Cause I, I think we wanted, I wanted to give them praises, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I think it's worth talking about this team, whether they're a real deal or bluffing. And that's in terms of their dominance, they come out, crush the warriors. Mm-hmm. Warriors were never in this game no. within like the first couple minutes of the first quarter and then they come back not long and play the Celtics. And, you know, again, just a very dominant performance, beat them by 28 points. And then they lose to the Hornets and then on um, the back-to-back lose to the Grizzlies without John Morant. And, uh, you know, and then they lose Spencer Dinwiddie. So I think the question here is like, are, are the Nets actually a dominant team here? Are we going to see them run away with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? Or are they more a team that we we're going to see swing back and forth? Uh, you know, given this four-game four, four game sample size that we just got.
1: Well, I don't think they'll be the number one seed, but they are a competitor. And I don't think that this is bluffing at all these losses. I don't think they mean very much because, I mean, obviously with that Grizzlies one, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving, no Spencer Not Dinwiddie. True. So in that case, it's like, yeah, sure, they didn't have John Morant, but then the Nets were basically the bubble Nets because Karis LeVert was just running the show. And they almost <laughs> won that game. Karis LeVer almost carried them all the way through that. I went to overtime. So in my mind, that's almost a win. And then the Hornets one yeah. is weird. The Hornets have been oddly good so far, and maybe we'll touch on them a little bit later too. But I think the Nets are for real. I mean, Kyrie just came out of the gates just balling. Kevin Durant yeah. does look like, I would say, 90% of his former self right now. Um, he, he's played very well, had a great game tonight. Against the Hawks, but I mean, everyone can score against the Hawks. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think they're for real. And Spencer Dinwiddie being out hurts, but because this team still has so much depth, and obviously the like Karis Levert can just come and fill that role super easily, and they they have the depth to fill in still. Uh, th- this team's gonna be for real.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think uh, that I think what we saw against the Hornets and Grizzlies is not representative of who this team is. I think they'll swing with I think some load management, but. To me, Kevin Durant looking like he does is incredible, but I think Kyrie is looking back like 2017 Kyrie. Yeah, he looks because good. It's, it's, it's kind of wild that we've lost Kyrie for the last, it feels like three almost, years yeah, almost. Yeah,
1: right. Mm-hmm. I mean, of, Celtics years and Celtics, you don't even count those.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kyrie for the last few years has felt to me like the guy we talk about and he presents himself as. As if he's like the number one point guard in the league, mm-hmm. but it never has felt that way. <laughs> at least, at least not for a while. But now it feels that way. Now it feels like okay. Now it's the question is is Kyrie is Kyrie the number one point guard or is he contending for the number one point guard? It's uh, who who who's better than Kyrie to not say that Kyrie is the number one point guard in the league right now. Yeah, um, certainly in the I conversation. Mean, with, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think right now he's playing better basketball than Curry and even Luca. I mean, and we'll talk about Luca a Ooh. bit more too, <laughs> as well. But yeah, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, six and a half points this game, this, uh, six and a half points a game so far this year. He, he's kind of a little weaker. He, but, and part of it is cause this team is just deep. They don't really need Dinwiddie. Now they got, now he, now he's out, but now it's just next man up for these guys. Yeah, I mean, it
1: does hurt. Obviously. Like, Dinwiddie wasn't going to average 6.5 points a game on the season if he played out a full year. But I do think they'll miss him a little bit. It might, it might be the difference between them winning a championship, honestly. Yeah. Um, but
0: will they make a deep playoff run still? Definitely. Yeah, we'll see. So this is where we get to some of the funner teams. So we got the Cavs, <laughs> Colin Sexton, 24 points on 52% shooting wow. <laughs> since January 1st. Uh, prior to that, he was 18 points on 46% shooting. So, Colin Sexton, ever since 2020, you 2020 know, the rest of the world has had a rough Colin. year. <laughs> but Colin Sexton has turned a corner and has not looked back. And who knows if maybe the clock is going to reset in 2021. But so far, he's been balling. Uh, the Pistons have beat the Hornets, Pistons, 76ers. And then they lost against the Knicks. <laughs> but... You know the Cavs don't have, didn't have Kevin Love for a couple of those games, and Andre Drummond averaging twenty and fifteen, Darius Garland also nineteen and eight on forty eight percent shooting. This team just looks like it's got offensive firepower right now, and I don't know, Sean, is this are they the real deal? or Are they totally bluffing us here? I think this is a pretty easy bluff to call. <laughs> this this
1: might be as bad as the Philadelphia 76ers process team type of bluff where maybe I'm being a little mean because obviously Andre Drummond is better than Spencer Hawes ever was. So Mm -hmm. I'd say the Cavs are a little bit of a better team than that, but now this start, it just doesn't, it doesn't really add up. I mean, obviously beating the Hornets. I mean, they've been off and on the Pistons are terrible. 76ers is a decent win. I can't remember if that was the game where they didn't have Joel Embiid though. Um, who might have been resting that game. And then losing to the Knicks is what I'd expect of this of this Cavs team. That's a 50 50. So I, I, I don't know. I think that's just chalk that up to easy schedule, easy matchups. You know, some teams come out of the gate swinging and, and they just can't sustain. And I think this is one of those teams. For context Sexton, to, if he were to average 24 points a game this entire year, that would be legendary. Like, that would be unheard of. So I do not see that happening um i don't think darius garland's a 19 and 8 guy in his sophomore year as basically the second point guard on that team drummond could average 20 and 15 honestly i mean no one else is going to take that from him kevin loves out the next three four weeks i think that's going to be kevin love's story the rest of the year he's going to come back for a few weeks get injured I, i mean i just i don't really see him contributing much larry nance isn't a good replacement for them and they don't have any depth so, like, when they get deeper and deeper into the regular season, it's like, obviously, yeah, they have some young guys with Sexton and Garland that can play a lot of minutes and, and keep going without needing rest, but they don't really have anything else. I mean, this this guy Okoro, I mean, he's been pretty average so far, and what do they even have on their bench? I, I don't think I could name one Cavs bench player, so as the season wears on, I just don't see it keeping up. <laughs>
0: I guess CeeDee Osman is considered a bench player. Oh, uh, he's on the bench love... now? Uh whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's just, I think he had he's going to start soon. He had his yeah. chance. <laughs> Here's a wild thing, though. The Cavs right now are, have the second highest defensive rating in the league, yeah. which it's impressive. I, yeah. Drummond's but, a great
1: defender, obviously, yeah.
0: But I was going to say... The teams they've played are not real offensive powerhouse no, teams. yeah. Pistons, mm-hmm. Embiid, less 76ers than New York Knicks. So, yeah, I mean, it's a total bluff here, and we'll see where it goes. But, I mean, I guess it just means that individually these pieces are still nice for the Cavaliers. So, they got some good work there. The over and under on this team was 22 wins, so... You know, they they got they got a good chunk I mean, of the they're piece helping, of the helping yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, they're helping
1: that <laughs> cause. Yeah, they'll get the over on that, but I just I still don't think it's going to be that much over. I yeah, yeah. I, I guess yeah, if that's their goal is just to get more than 22 wins around, they're, they're doing good.
0: Yeah. So next team we got is uh you know this team is a favorite here in this section the uh, Magic. You, you I don't know what magic. it's up. <laughs> I don't know what it's up with the NBA schedule masters that do they just keep giving the Orlando Magic the easiest teams to start their their seasons cuz they have been on this list a lot the last few yeah, years.
1: They have, yeah.
0: They start 3 and 0. Three and one, you know, mm-hmm. six and two. Like, <laughs> with it right now they are four and zero. They are Ooh. one of the well. Now they're the only undefeated team in the NBA. I think the Crazy. only the other one was the Hawks, and the Hawks lost barely to the us. Mets, But yes, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they are undefeated. Only team undefeated in the league, and Crazy. they are just scoring the basketball over one hundred twenty point one hundred twenty points per game. Busevic is just you know doing Busevic things and. Markel Fultz is playing well. Aaron Gordon is just not playing He's playing okay, I guess. <laughs> he's playing okay. Not bad. Yeah, he's not he's great. turned
1: into a role player.
0: A full-time he role has, player. That's his role now. Yeah, and Terrence Ross off the bench has has put together a couple performances, but you you look at who they've played. They've played the Wizards twice, they've played the Thunder, and they've got a they got a you know big win against the Miami Heat, but Again, is this a real deal, or are they just giving us the good old magic bluff again? Yeah this this is another easy one.
1: <laughs> this, they're gonna end forty two and forty, or I guess in this case, what's what's the seventy two game equivalent to that? Thirty six and thirty <laughs> five, yeah, so, thir- thirty seven and thirty five, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, th- this is this is total Disney World uh, magic here land before us. I'm trying to figure out, trying to find the, so the over and under for these guys is, uh, 31 wins. Mm. So I think they'll do better than that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that
1: four no start is very soft and obviously the wizards haven't won a game yet. And I think the thunder have won a game, unfortunately for them, but (laughs) I don't think that they're very strong. Um, The heat have shown that they're susceptible And, yeah, like you said, the Magic do this every year. It's not like they've really improved. I think that they've just – they're just consistent, you know? And consistency can help, especially when you're going against teams that were so volatile. I mean, the Wizards with Westbrook, that's volatility. And the Thunder aren't even the same team anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, Vucevic, I mean, you got to give respect to Vucevic, though. I mean, this guy, he he just – you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to give you 20 and 11 every year. He's done it for the last three years straight uh, but the, the bright spot with Markel Fultz, like you mentioned, uh, averaging 18.5 points a game, five assists in that starting role, uh, it's really good to see that guy being a good NBA player. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season. But outside of those two guys, I mean, Cole Anthony is doing all right, that rookie um, off the bench, and then Terrence Ross is okay. It's just there's not enough there, you know. Like They're still starting Evan Fournier. Like you're not gonna get that far with that guy, so
0: yeah, this is a blow. Yeah, I mean, this is the core. I fully expect them to be here again next year, right here in this section. <laughs> we'll see with every year, unless a Mo Bamba or uh, Jonathan Isaac do something big. But moving on to the Hawks, the Hawks three and one start, only one loss in that close game with the Nets. I mean, Trey Young is being Trey Young. You know, he's <laughs> he is meeting the expectations here. And their bodies, the bodies that they have, Gallinari, Hunter, um, Capella's back. Everybody's just, you know, playing solid basketball. So what do we think about the Atlanta Hawks here? Well, I know you
1: haven't seen a Hawks
0: game yet because
1: Gallinari only played three minutes for this team so far. Really? Yeah. So he, (laughs) he was hurt at the beginning of the season with, like, some leg injury. And then he came back tonight and played three minutes and sprained his ankle. Oh, wow. I know. I don't it's know how, that, really,
0: how I didn't see that.
1: Uh, it, yeah. It look, They have so many players. That's why, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, when you have a guy like that, you're paying $20 million, um, and you're still doing really well. I mean, maybe the potential is still not even there for the Hawks. And for the Hawks to average 128 points a game so far, and this is just out of control, right? Like, <laughs> this, team, <laughs> this team knows what they're about. And they're going to do it as well as they can. And so far, it's working out. I mean, 128 points a game, but out allowing over 120 points a game. um <laughs> uh... That's unreal. It's, that is unreal. Is. That is so stupid. And uh, <laughs> it's honestly something I can actually see being sustained over a longer period of time. Because that's just, this is how they play. I mean, they they scored 141 points in a loss tonight. So yeah. that's just going to kind of be their season, which makes them a really exciting team to watch. I mean, Trey Young, he's going to score and he's going to get scored on. Like, you, you can mm-hmm. guarantee that every night. Are they the real deal? That's a tough one. I don't think they're bluffing because I think they're a playoff team. But yeah. are they a, are they like a top of the East team? No, so I'll, I I'd say it's like a small bluff. But I I don't think that they're going to end the season where they're at right now. So I'll, yeah. I'll give it that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I agree. I don't think it's a bluff for who, who they're showing us who they are, and they're they're essentially performing what we thought they'd be like high powered offense, yeah. low powered defense, <laughs> and that's that's just like the recipe I think for in the East, potentially winning a solid amount of games getting yourself into the playoffs but they're headed for a first round exit unless uh, then there's not i'm not really sure what they're gonna they could do to improve this their themselves defensively dramatically I don't think there's really a big move to be made there mm-hmm. so they're off to winning games and getting booted in the first round uh yeah. but Trey Young, I do expect in the in the Hawks oh, to just try to <laughs> score their opponent. Is he
1: okay, uh, let me ask you this. Is he going to be the points champion this year?
0: I think he's a good contender for sure. I, uh, I'm trying to think. Let's see. Like James. You got Harden, got Bradley Beal. James Bradley Harden. Beal. I mean, yeah. you probably gotta
1: throw in uh uh Giannis. Devin Booker. Yeah, Devin Booker maybe.
0: I don't know. What do you I think? think <laughs> you think he can win it? I think it? it's. I think it's looking like it. I mean, <laughs> feels like the Hawks are just like give this man the ball and put him in a spot where he can just score, score, light it up. Yeah, I think. I think, mean, he, I think he's going to get
1: the title. I think he's going to get the points title this year. Yeah,
0: yeah, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray are other two names that come up. But Jamal Murray's off to a slow yeah. start. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's slow start as well. And they, I mean, they just don't have the offense and the pace that the Hawks have that just benefit young i
1: I think that trey young benefits from being just like the guy that the entire offense runs through whereas like on denver you got Jokic there who who absolutely the the offense basically runs around and then i guess for for donovan mitchell's sake yeah he he essentially is the offense there but yeah pace is just too slow pace is just too slow not not really a lot of guys to help him out to like space the floor I, yeah I think yeah. Trey young could take this thing and I, I mean Harden is obviously i think the main competition here Because uh, he's mm-hmm. been off to a crazy start too, even though he looks a little fat, but <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be interesting, and yeah the hawks are they're gonna be really fun to watch man i like, I'm gonna keep tuning in to more
0: league pass hawks games for sure I gotta tune into when I have not tuned into a Hawks game. Because I've been too busy keeping tabs on this man. Joe Kick yeah. dominance. <laughs> As you should. This, As you should. Yeah, the Nuggets are one in three. Like we were mentioning, Jamal Murray's just he's out. He hasn't he can apparently he's injured now. But he was just off to a really slow start. Michael Porter Jr. picked up some of the slack. But the Nuggets are 1-3. But Jokic mm. is averaging twenty-five, almost 25 points, 30, almost 14 assists, Ooh. 12 rebounds essentially on 62% shooting from the field. Oh, just man. recorded his 44th triple-double, a new franchise record. I mean, this is ridiculous for a dude that plays the center position. But... It's ridiculous looking at it from far, but when you, when we really realize who, who we're talking about here, he's just been trending towards this every year and he flies below the radar. You know, obviously, like I think more of the hardcore NBA fans, we know what Yokic is and what he Mm -hmm. brings to the table, but I think most casual fans don't really know how good this guy (laughs) is. And I totally don't think this is a bluff, man. Like I think Mm. it's Yokic has a very good case for potentially finishing second. Or third in the MVP voting this Not year. Not first, done. Maybe first, but I don't know. It's it's tough to say that he can he can to declare him the winner. I think Don, Don Luca still's got something else in him. Obviously, LeBron might still hang around and Giannis, but. For sure, I will bet money that Jokic will finish top three, bearing injuries, of course, yeah, but he'll I mean, be there. Yeah,
1: I mean, we've seen this coming, and, and I, when I say we, I mean mostly you. You've been on the Jokic bandwagon <laughs> forever, and I have to give you credit for that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately for your fantasy team, you were one year off on him. You thought last year yeah. was going to be what he, he's been doing this year. Yeah, and man, this this is probably what you expected last year when you exactly. did draft him. Exactly. Man, this is just this is unheard of because he's he's gotten three triple doubles in his first four games, and the one game that he didn't get a triple double he's off by one rebound. So he could have been four for four easily at this point. And now I have to be asking: Is he going to break Russell Westbrook's triple double record? Because hope we so. have to ask ourselves. I know it's early. But Mm -hmm. if we think this is the real deal, like, obviously, Westbrook had 10 extra games to do it. But, like, if he's going to go on this pace, like, he's going to end up getting more.
0: Yeah, and again, the Nuggets are 1-3. No Jeremy Grant. Uh, Will Barton looks off. Jamal Murray's hurt. Uh, Gary Harris is, I don't know what's up with Gary. Where is 2017 Gary Harris, 2018 <laughs> Gary Harris? Like he, he's just lost. He got the bag and is just taking a nap. But, uh, <laughs> the Nuggets need, I might need Jokic to really play at this level. Whereas last year, they, they still won games even with the slow first half year start that Jokic got. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we might need it. They might need it. And if he breaks Westbrook's record, I would love it because, I just think that Jokic's triple-doubles are just of so much higher quality than than what Westbrook was doing. Well,
1: it's just it's so much... It comes so easy to him, it seems.
0: But I think Mm -hmm. it's just
1: because he's such a smart player. Because what he lacks in athleticism, he makes up for in just knowing, anticipating what's going to happen. Like Some of his passes are just incredible. It's like he knows that if he looks that way... I think I was watching this. One of the Kings games... He was looking towards the three-point line at one of the shooters. He knew the guy was going to go run over there. So he he all he does is look over there, and then he makes a move to the basket. And it was just he just knows what's going to happen. Like he just understands the game of basketball. I think on a much higher level than a lot of people, even in the league. And yeah, yeah, it's it's a really it's a thing of beauty.
0: Yeah, he's in he's an incredible player, unlike anything I've ever really seen. I feel like. Marcus Soll maybe comes. Marcus Sewell is one of the ones who comes a little bit closest to that, but Jokic is just a much higher level player than that. He just add brings so much more to the bag, and even his passing abilities exceeded what Marcus Soll ever was. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, just, yeah,
1: thirteen and a half assists yeah. a game so far through the year. I think he's at, He must be leading the league right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Jokic was a quarterback in the NFL, I don't what. He, he looks well, like he could unfair. do that. <laughs>
1: He's seven feet tall. He would yeah. not be able to be sacked. <laughs> yeah,
0: it would be crazy, but he, he just has that ability. And I mean, again, I don't think it's a bluff. I think with the Nuggets slow start, they're going to be asking this out of him for, for weeks to come, at least until Jamal Murray gets his legs under him. And, uh, you know, Will Barton or some, some of these other guard, the, their plethora of guards they have on that mm-hmm. team start stepping it up. Uh, But, you know, we'll, we'll move on from there. But now let's go to, did we buy too high? These are some (laughs) teams, some teams and individuals that we were high on starting the year. Not just us, maybe the most of the NBA community, I think on some of these guys. And the first one is the Warriors, two and two right now. Uh, second to last in offensive rating, first in NBA pace, 24th in defense, 19th in points per game. What does this all mean? It means that this Warriors team to me is trying to play exactly like the Warriors team of the past except with lesser individual (laughs) pieces. And that just means they're not scoring the ball. They're just not making shots. And they just cannot play the same level of defense that they did as much as they Mm. are putting in the effort and trying to push the pace and really just hustle out there. Uh, Curry is shooting 31% from three. It's crazy. This is like significantly lower than his career average of 43%. When you look at his... When you look at his basketball reference page, it's just 42, 43, 44, and it's just, like, yeah. insane. And then it's just this year. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and we the joke was always the Splash Brothers or the Trash Brothers. And very rarely was it ever really the Trash Brothers. <laughs> I mean, maybe one or twice a, times a year. We might have the Trash Brothers on the Warriors here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ubre and Wiggins are combined ten for forty-two from three over the course of the last couple games, and that's really only because Wiggins really found himself the last game. Uh, yeah, it was way really worse is, before that. Yeah, <laughs> it was significantly worse. Oubre right now is shooting one for twenty-one from three. So their guards, their scoring guards that were supposed to help out Curry are you know having a tough time finding the the end of the net. W- Wiggins is. You know, seems like he might be trending in a better direction, but, you know, did we buy too high here with the Warriors, Sean? Are they truly, a, a, you know, a playoff team? So
1: I'm going to say no so far. I think we did not buy too high I because we, we placed them as a tier three team, right? Like yeah, right in there with the them. Phoenix Suns, like seven, eight seed. And I still think that they can be that team. And I didn't expect them to get off to a hot start. I mean, this is one of those teams that wasn't in the bubble, that hasn't played basketball for almost nine months. And, I mean, Ubre is even one of those. Even though he was on the Suns, he wasn't in the bubble. He didn't play a single game for them in there. So he's basically in the same boat as all these other Warriors players. And I think that he is going to improve a lot over the course of the season. I do not think Wiggins is going to improve. I think Wiggins is exactly who he is right now. He, and he and who he's always been, he's always been the guy that will like randomly have an amazing superstar level game, and then like the next three games he'll just suck. Like that's just who he is. I don't see that changing, especially at this point in his career. But I do think Ubre has a little more potential, especially on the defensive end. Um, and I think the three pointers will start to drop, and especially for Curry too. I mean, I think yeah. when I, when I've watched him play, it's like he's taking all the same shots that he usually does. Uh, we saw in, in, from a practice video he made 105 threes in a row from the corner, so he obviously still has the touch. But I think the game, the game pace is, is what he's going to have to readapt to. I mean, it's been over what, over a year since he's played in a game. Well, I guess he came back for a couple weeks back in March, but then obviously with COVID and everything, he didn't really play that much. Um, so I'm not too worried about the Warriors, but obviously, I, like my expectations aren't super high for them. Um yeah. So they'll, they'll still finish decent. I mean, they the 0 and two start did get us worried, but now they're two and two and they're doing all right.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a tough game to come out the gates and play the Nets. Um so but yeah, I think I think Curry is just trying to I think he's gonna just adjust to what the offense is giving him this time versus what he's used to the last couple of years with Clay Thompson and quality pieces off the bench and Sean Livingston, David David West and you know, a young Andre Iguodala. Now it's not there. He's gonna have to find a way to adjust, which I'm sure he will. Mm-hmm. He, we're talking about a back to back MVP here, generational player. Um, so I think he'll adjust. But an- another bright spot for the Warriors outside of the guards is James Wiseman. Yeah, is looking mm-hmm. nice, and you know he'll start putting it together even better. And once that happens, I think the Warriors will start to pick up more wins and I think ultimately find themselves in the spot we we think they'll be. Seven? I mean, I thought their highest could could possibly be the sixth seed. So I still think they could catch seven. So no, I'm not going to go back on this. But James Wiseman looks to be like a nice pickup for them. Yeah, no, I do. I do like
1: what I've seen from Wiseman in some of the games I've watched. He can shoot the three. It's a very yeah. slow, methodical uh, shot shot choice for him. Uh, just it takes him forever to release the thing. But hey, like they're giving him the space, I and mean, he's a center, so they don't really respect his shot as much. And it goes in sometimes. So
0: I, mean, I think, yeah, this this kid has got a lot of promise. Um, he's gonna yeah, get I really mean, good. Yeah, and the X factor is also how he plays alongside Draymond Green, which I think would only yeah. See, make that's what the other yeah, thing too. Draymond better. Green
1: isn't there. I mean. He's not going to offer much on offense but they do need the help on defense like
0: you like you yeah. outlined there yeah Exactly What about the Wizards here 0 and 4 with losses to yeah. the 76ers two losses to the Magic and a loss to the Bulls a Wizards team that you know we I told you was going to be high powered on offense <laughs> and was just totally lackluster in defense No but no team fouls more than the Washington Wizards in the league <laughs> right now They are 20th in defensive rating Westbrook is averaging a triple-double, but God, the efficiency is at a career worst. Uh, Six turnovers, oof. 41% from the field. Get this, 10% shooting no. from the three-point line <laughs> on three attempts per game. Whoa, Bradley Beal's balling out, of course, but the re- the rest of the Washington Wizards are struggling up and down the roster. Thomas Bryant, uh, in, everybody is, is struggling on this team. I'm, they don't have any Ru Hishimari's He's hurt, but this team is. Uh, did we buy too high here, Sean? Like we thought, yeah. maybe the Wizards could be right there contending for an yeah. eight seed. But yeah, we have them back to who they were.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No, that is very tough. I, I don't know because I, I want to say that Rui Hachimura does move the needle enough for them to put them back in that tier three. Like when they're fully healthy. Like I, I, I love Hachimura. I think that that guy's a very special player and can really turn the needle enough for this team. But West, Westbrook is interesting because obviously he'll get the stats for you, but you could argue he's losing you games more than he's winning them. I have to think that the at least the mentality that he's bringing to this Wizards team, it's interesting because I don't know if you saw, but like he had an Instagram post today that had an MLK quote basically talking about adversity and, and how you got to face it head on. This guy doesn't wa- is not okay losing, you know? <laughs> He's a competitor, and if he can maybe not do as well in the basketball court, but maybe inspire the rest of his teammates to not be okay with losing, because a lot of them there, like, like Thomas Bryant, Bradley Beal, they're used to being mediocre. Like, that's just what they've been over the last few years, and so maybe he can at least instill in them some sort of confidence moving forward. They get Hachimura back. Uh, maybe things pan out. I, I I still believe that this Wizards team can be tier three, um, and I think they still will be by the end of the season.
0: Yeah, it would be kind of crazy, and maybe maybe it's a it's a worst case scenario that somehow Westbrook and Bradley Beale end up b- both on the All Star team, but their team is <laughs> like hovering or <laughs> hovering around ninth or eighth in the Eastern Conference. Um, did, can that happen? I I don't know. I hope not. I don't think that's a good. That's a, I'm not sure you should reward two All-Stars. Yeah. When when you have a losing record. (laughs) So I think, I think that you'll get, you'll get the two All-Stars, but I think that they'll pick it up and figure something out. They just, they just have to. It just seems like you got too much talent in those two guards to, to keep blowing games the way they have been. Um, so I think they'll, they'll figure something out. How about Luca's MVP campaign? Mm. He's two for 16 from three, 44% from the field. He's still got 26 points a game, you know, but he's one for four. The Dallas Mavericks are one for four with him with that lone win against <laughs> the Clippers. 50 point win. Maybe you can make an argument that's worth a couple more than just one, but <laughs> Luka MVP, man. I'm mm. really hoping I did not buy high here because I have him on my fantasy team and I need this man to pick up the slack here. I mean, I love me some Luka. Obviously, I had him on my fantasy team last
1: year and he honestly was what made my team work, you know, like with that mm-hmm. with that later round pick, but man, yeah, this this doesn't look great because Luka's a guy that I thought he was going to have his Michael Jordan year this year where he is his third year in the league, he's just going to just run everyone out of out of the gym. And so yeah. far he's kind of run himself out of the gym. I mean, the 26 points a game are are not um telling the whole stat because they haven't been very efficient. Yeah. And he hasn't really been playmaking as much as we thought he would. And I, we saw what they can do without Kristaps Porzingis. I don't think he needs Porzingis to be successful. And we saw what they can do against the Clippers. And maybe that's all they cared about was just getting revenge on the Clippers and then they'd regroup the rest of the season now. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is kind of concerning. Um, especially seeing how well Nicole Jokic is playing. Um, and how how LeBron's just looking as sturdy as ever. I mean, the, these top guys, they, they've come, and they, they're balling out for, from the get-go. Um And Luca doesn't look like he's worked on his three-point shot. I mean, it doesn't really look like he's worked on anything. You know, it's yeah. like you really want to see these guys develop a new skill or something new to bring to the game every season, and it doesn't look like he's done that.
0: Yeah, he looks worse than what he looked like. Obviously, he looks worse than what he looked like in, bu- in the bubble and – Uh, and, and the games leading up to that. And yeah, I mean, everybody on the teams that I think the Dallas Mavericks should be looking to compete against Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Paul George is, is playing well. Kawhi Leonard is playing well. LeBron, AD, Jokic, you can't put Murray there, but you know, those are the teams Dallas should realistically be trying to look. But when Luca is only getting you 26, but he's forcing up so many bad shots, He's just, his threes just not going down and he's not getting his teammates involved. Dallas Mavericks looks like a team that's going to float right there in the same tier as, as the Phoenix Suns. And that's, that's not, that's it sucks because that's not what we expected. We were, everybody was buying pretty high on Luka Doncic. So hopefully this is just a small sample size and not things to reflect yeah. the rest of the year.
1: Well, so what do you think? Do you think that his MVP campaign is already derailed or are you still going to give him a shot?
0: I'm I'm concerned. I don't think it's going to be quite as impressive as what we thought was going to happen. But I think there's enough games to still turn it around and have a big second half. So I do expect this to be a to be a low low start. Like I'm talking like in my, I'm I'm ready to see two weeks of mm. more slow slow yeah. games. Yeah, I'll give him one month.
1: If he if he hasn't turned it around after one month, I don't think it's happening this year. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking the loss. I'm taking the loss. Yeah. I, yeah. That was, I mean, I, I had so much faith in him. Yeah, <laughs> I really did. I think
0: a lot. I think a lot of people did. How about the Houston Rockets? Oh, and two, two games while everybody's around hovering yeah. around four and five. Yeah. Their one game postponed to COVID. James Harden balling out 39 5 and 12 and a half. Christian Wood 27 and eight. While this team is winless, uh, do we still expect this team to be in, in playoff contention? Well, yeah, I mean, they're missing,
1: like, half their roster right now, right, yeah. because of COVID. John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins get to come back tomorrow. Um, I'm really excited to see those two playing on that team because, I mean, these these were the huge wild cards, right? I mean, John Wall coming off that Achilles injury, DeMarcus Cousins coming off of his, like, yeah, who knows what we're going to get from those guys, but it'll be better than not having anybody at all, so... yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I. I do think. Yeah, the Rockets obviously I mean, they had that slow start. La- like, yeah, last season, honestly, and so I think that that's just what's happening again. But there's nothing to be concerned about with James Harden. He's clubbing. He's doing everything he can to get off this team, but he's
0: still just as much of a baller as he's ever been. Yeah, agree, agree. I think the think the Rockets are are slow, but the individual pieces are there, and the James Harden trade. You know, it's still up in the air, but at the end of the day, looks like James Harden could take a puff out of cigar and jump in the (laughs) game and knock down some top of the key threes and some corner threes and. Just give a incredible bounce pass to Christian Wood. It sounds like you can replace Christian Wood with the janitor and he'd find a great <laughs> open bank shot under the rim with James yeah, you, Harden you better controlling hope not. the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But the Raptors 0 3 with two, this three losses crazy. to the Spurs, Pelicans, and 76ers. Wow, this team up and down the roster. Everybody, you know, Siakam again had a 26 point game, but, uh, you know, it's just does not look like an impressive 26 points fred van Fleet also getting the shot attempts up but he is just not able to knock him down at the same clip that he was last year this team just it looks like it's falling from the trend line really 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 quick
1: yeah it is i mean this is a team that you expect to do well in the regular season i think the raptors are built for a regular season team they're they're deep they have they have a lot of solid players um, but none of them are really performing very well. I, Van Fleet mm-hmm. only averaging 14 a game right now. Coming off that big contract they gave him. Yeah. Must be regretting that.
0: Yeah, it's it makes it easy to just chill. I hope he's not doing that. But Siakam, we, he had an incredible start to last year, and something mm-hmm. happened when he went into the bubble, and so much of it felt like maybe he was just in his own head. He was struggling with the environment. It's, I mean, it's got to be it's difficult being in that environment of the bubble. So there's been so much talk already about how difficult that was. So no need to dive into that. So it seemed like once he came back out of that, we'll see, it would be easy for Siakam to just continue as is. And he's just not there. The minutes are there. The shot attempts are there. It seems like the health is there, unless there's something we don't know about, but it's they're not going down. He's not finding his spots. He's having a hard time getting his teammates involved as well. The dominant number one option we thought we were getting it's just it doesn't seem to be there right now and i hope i hope he figures figures it out cuz the toronto raptors will need him if they're going to be if they're talking about being a second round playoff team again yeah
1: and it's very possible that, you know some guys just they have to play in front of fans to play well and and yeah. maybe siakam's one of those guys whether it's in the bubble or in what Tampa Bay are they in
0: Tampa Bay or something or, yeah, I don't even know I was where they right now maybe the Florida sun just doesn't quite fit in with yeah. Siakam they need to put him in a refrigerator he needs the Toronto cold yes. in his blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he
1: yeah it's just not the same uh, yeah so maybe yeah those, these external factors are, are playing more of a part than they do in a normal NBA season and, and the Raptors just aren't I mean they don't really have a real home I mean that's tough so yeah, I can definitely see why the Raptors aren't performing very well. Do I think that this is going to continue? That's tough.
0: I don't yeah, really I'm know. I'm scared I'm, really, I'm going to yeah. have to sell my bet early right I, now. I feel like I talked, myself,
1: yeah, I talked myself into thinking that this might just keep continuing because, yeah, they don't have a home and they're not living up to their contracts right now. And, and then the losses that they took, they, they probably should have won every one of those games. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna be bold and lean towards the, the the Raptors might be in trouble here.
0: Yeah, I think I think they are in trouble. I think the pieces are not quite fitting in that hole from Gasol and Ibaka has has just been too big uh, for somebody to fill, and they need to rework their offensive framework and their defensive schemes to try to make it fit with what they have. Or maybe this might be a buyer come come as we get closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, and you got some pieces in Bruchere. Um, you know. Maybe OJ Anobi. You flip them for somebody. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this squad. Yeah, um, I,
1: I like the team, though, man. I hope that, I hope they're able to keep it
0: together. I've always been a, Bra- a Raptors fan, I like watching them play. Yeah, yeah, same here. I, I'd like seeing them a con- be a consistent uh, playoff squad, but over to injuries. We got John Moran and both Kevin Love out. Kevin Love seems to. Maybe not be a significant piece to the Cavaliers. They're going to ride this hot start wave for a <laughs> while until we see them crash. But John Moran out three and a f- three, three to five weeks out. This is big for a team that I think if they were going to make the eight seed, it was going to be by pulling hairs, like yeah. one or two wins. <laughs> and this does not help out their margin of error, especially with Jaron Jackson already. I mean, when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, they're going to. Maybe try to pull something together towards the end of the year, but it might just be too much of a hole to climb out of, depending on how these next three weeks go for them. I think it's a big deal for, for the Memphis Grizzlies losing John Morant.
1: Oh, this is huge. I mean, yeah, like you said, the margin for error for this team is so low. And now it's yeah. almost none. And so you're mm-hmm. looking at Memphis now, and they're, they've are they dropped to one and three. You know, and they, yeah. they, this this isn't the hot start that you needed. Um because last year they did get off to a hot start and they were able to maintain it. And they would, probably would have made the playoffs if the bubble situation didn't occur. But, yeah, I think now now you're looking at a lottery team. I, I hate to say it, it. It's already too late. I think Morant being out a month is, is just too long, especially with a condensed schedule. That's like 15 games. Like Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's too it's much too to overcome. Hole. Yeah, it's like and they just got just... blasted by Boston tonight. Like it, It's just not going to happen.
0: Exactly. We thought guys like Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark would step up, and (laughs) this team had nobody. nobody. Clark tried.
1: He shot, or not Clark. uh, Dylan Brooks shot a lot. He just is so inefficient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just not there, and uh, they're gonna need some help. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe once they play some lesser teams, they can gain some confidence through that. But let's go down. Let's break it down to the best performances of the week as we head to the end of our podcast here for this week. Lou Doerr, 9 for 11, Lou. 5 for 7 from 3, 26 points and 2 steals and a loss to the Jazz. My God, Lou Doerr put, <laughs> put this together and I couldn't believe it. And he kind of repeated it a little bit. Uh, he had some cl- other performances close to this. All He's of a sudden, Lou, this year. Lou Dort, yeah, <laughs> looked like a guy, you know, you, you kind of were desperate. So you put some guy in during the playoffs and you know, and maybe this guy was just never going to really be heard of again. But this guy has really commended himself and is getting himself an NBA spot right now, a real rotation spot. So yeah. I commend this guy. What a game. Only three
1: games in, averaging 18.7 points a game. This guy has worked on his three-point shot. He knows what <laughs> he's about. And yeah. I love to see it. I mean, This this is a guy you know. It's like he's he's been an overachiever um, his entire NBA career. He's finally getting his opportunity, getting big minutes as a starter on, on, a, on a team that's trying to tank, obviously, um, at least yeah. the front offices. But he's trying to make it as difficult as possible. This was only a one-point loss. So Utah Jazz team that we consider a playoff team, obviously. And so far in the season, I mean, five of seven for, from three in that game. I mean, wow, he knows his role, and he's playing it super well. And it's really exciting to see um, him really living up to the hype a little bit. Which is yeah. unfortunate, too, because I know he's on, like, a really shrimpy deal. Like, four years, six million or something stupid like that. Like, he got got on the contract, honestly. Like, this is... That's like Lou Williams type of type of money. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope he gets a big extension after, like, maybe two years in to this contract. Because he's, he's playing his heart out,
0: man. This, this guy's earning it. This is the guy every contender prays to have <laughs> a guy that just comes out of nowhere but is like decent has decent length size quick mm-hmm. enough He's basically the the proto the prototypical yeah. three and d guy yeah that Guard any the best championship contender the wants
1: yeah with no fear yeah and it just perfect. can
0: knock down the three ball and mm-hmm. you know humble dude not very steals this the tries to steal limelight or anything like Lou Dort is playing exactly how the Denver Nuggets wish Will Barton was playing oh, right now. <laughs> dang, what a uh, shot. <laughs> or, or Michael Porter Jr. maybe, but well, oh, I, mean, on, I Michael Porter Jr. That. Uh, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Porter Jr's pretty good. He's been he's been well. He he can't he's not yeah, the butt of Lu, that joke. Lou
1: Dort has not ascended to that level yet, but hey, maybe yeah. a couple of years down the line, I'll,
0: we'll we'll give him the chance. Yeah, exactly. So, incredible. Next one here, I got to give this man his spot here because who knows if All he'll right, make it fine. here again. Yeah. Well, RJ <laughs> Barrett coming out of the gates red hot. Former Duke lottery pick last year. I mean, the savior for New York Knicks, possibly. Mm-hmm. 11 for 15, 3 for 3 from 3, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and only 1 turnover. Man, RJ Barrett really lit it up, and it was like one of the most you know, WTF performances of day one (laughs) in the NBA, or at least day two when the rest of the league played of the NBA. And I put him here also because we're going to obviously follow up with him because Mm -hmm. since then he's just regressed back to what we expected a New York Knicks scoring guard to be just jacking up shots and not going them down quite the same clip. But for now he is a best performer of the week.
1: Mm. Yeah, Yeah. We love the players that we get to put in both the best and the worst performances of the week in the same podcast yeah, but, exactly. I mean, yeah, we know what he's capable of. It's just, it's so hard when you're on the Knicks. You don't really have a lot of talent around you, and, and you have all these lofty expectations on your head, and you, you live up to him some of the time, but it's just, it's a lot. Like, like this, mm-hmm. this, I obviously see that this guy can be a great basketball player, but it, it's just not going to happen in New York, man. I just I just don't see it happening.
0: They need to get themselves an actual playmaker. That's what they need. I think RJ Barrett can be a great yeah. a great guard if he can just get an actual point guard to play against him that like, just yeah. gives him the ball they in just, the right places. They just keep
1: intentionally seem it seemingly intentionally tanking to like get draft picks and, and whatever, but it's like at some point you have to just at least be middle of the pack. So like a player
0: actually wants to like come play for you, you know? Yeah. Let's get a Nick's get a real point guard. Get Hey, sent Payton off. Some Payton looks like he's no, like nice, like Alfred, but, dude. Yeah, no, he, he he looks like he's nice, but he's just not that nice. He's not that good. He's a Stat stuffer though. Yeah, but uh, next we got Yo Kick. I mean, have to say it, I have to like just honorable. Just give him the whole week. Give <laughs> yep. him the whole week of best performances. There's not there. There's a lot to call out here, but I mean, just an incredible week, first week for Yo Kick, and probably. Just a, a a sign of things to come for the rest of this year for this guy, as we've mentioned previously and earlier in the podcast. But averaging twenty four points, twelve rebounds, thirteen and a half assists so far. I mean, the Nuggets are one in three, and signs point that we're going to see more of this Jokic for the for the next coming weeks, unless you know Jamal Murray takes over some of this workload or or bearing injury. Hope not, but Jokic is here, man. He's arrived.
1: Man, yeah, he, he, I don't even know. If, if this is final form, it might be. Like, we might be <laughs> seeing peak Jokic now, which is really cool to see. But, yeah, I think if Murray does – like, he'll figure it out eventually, and then we'll see Jokic's numbers go down a bit. But, man, I'm just going to enjoy the ride while it last, man. Like, this, this is crazy.
0: Like, these stats are just nuts. <laughs> yeah, got yeah, final form Super Saiyan Jokic. Um, <laughs> but now switching up. Worst performances of the week. I knew this one was gonna make it. I just had, uh, had to. to. Just had to, to talk and Tell about us about it. this one. Uh,
1: I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I thankfully was driving back from from visiting some family uh, over the Christmas break, and I I was not watching this game. And thank goodness, because I really wasn't even going to check in on it until you texted me and, and Scott in the group chat, text. And you're like, what is happening in this game? And I'm like, oh, no, what is it? And then 77 to 27 at halftime, the Unreal. worst deficit at halftime ever, ever. <laughs> that is absurd. I don't care that Kawhi Leonard's not there. Like, I don't care that this is like the start of a back to back or what, whatever. Or, I, I don't know, it, there's no excuse for it. It's it just, I think, what we're talking about with, when we're talking about blowouts, they just didn't care. And the Mavs yeah. cared a lot. They circled this game right when the schedules came out and, like, we're going to blast these suckers into March 2020 because <laughs> this, this was an absolute pummeling. And they didn't even let up after the halftime. Mm-mm. Like, they increased the lead by one by the end of the game. Like, they ended up winning by one extra point, which is just like, yeah, at least the teams show mercy, like, you know, in the fourth quarter. Like, they'll let the other team score, like, 35 points. It doesn't really matter. Oh, Clippers scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. Like, it's like they stopped trying, too. It was, it was just like they, they had it out for them, you know, and, and we deserve it, you know. We were bullies to them. I blame Marcus Morris completely. He wasn't even playing in this game. And honestly, I hope he just keeps not playing. But, like, man, 4 for 33 from 3. 12%. That at least it's still better than Russell Westbrook. But, I mean, that is just abysmal. Everything about this was abysmal. But, yeah, like, it's one game, you know. They they dropped that one game. And they came back and de- just destroyed um, the Blazers tonight. So it's it's already... You know, water under the bridge.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what seems so funny. It's like this game, this deficit was such a seems like such a big deal, but really, eh. Teams are just moving on and just playing yep, the next kill, game, like whatever. And, yeah. But I mean, to be to, to another point that I thought was crazy in this game is you're right. Like it seems like when the Clippers got within forty, Dallas played with more urgency <laughs> were to push angry. the lead back yeah. to fifty. It seemed like. Letting the Clippers get within 40 was the equivalent to them tying the game. <laughs> and it, it was pretty funny to watch that in the third quarter. I don't know what happened God. in the fourth quarter. I did not watch that, but I did watch Nothing the third, happened. and <laughs> that was pretty funny to see that oh happen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was
1: like, that's too close. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: too close. Get yeah. dancing back in there. Start give them moving the ish. ball around better. Yeah, <laughs> The, the crazy out.
1: thing is that they could have not scored a single point after halftime and they still would have won the game
0: <laughs> that is out of control yeah that's funny that is hilarious oh oh 2020 nba <laughs> uh, but next guy we got eric bledsoe 33 minutes two for 10 five two and six with five turnovers in the loss against the heat a blowout for a blowout win uh for the miami he really blew the pelicans Eric Bledsoe is just the odd man here on this roster. He could be the X factor, and he's played well here and there, but um, not tonight. And I, I, the Pelicans are interesting for this for this reason: is they got Lonzo, they got Josh Hart, they got Eric Bledsoe, and they got Ingram. Of course, he's got his role, but it seems like they just need to figure out how all these pieces fit. It seems like they got good ones, uh, but they just need to start clicking a little bit better.
1: I'm a little concerned about Bledsoe. Ever since that first game where they where they beat Toronto and he played decent, he had 18 points, six rebounds. He has not looked good. Um, Eight. He had what five points in this game. We're talking about seven points the game after, and seven points a game after that. He's in a pretty cold streak right now. Not shooting well at all. Not really involved very much, and. I mean, it makes sense because obviously this, this team's wanting to run their offense through Ingram primarily and Zion second. That puts Bledsoe pretty low in the pecking order already. But that's not something he's not used to doing with Giannis and Chris Middleton on the Bucks. So maybe he's still trying to just figure out his role on this team. And maybe it's a little too early to panic about him. But I expected Bledsoe to at least be a pretty decent player for this team. And so
0: far, he, he's looked bad. Yeah, I feel like Bledsoe should be one of those guys that that can get 15 to 16 every night, regardless of what team he's on. Mm-hmm. I think he's got. I think he's talented enough to be able to do something like that. But he's struggled uh, on this Pelican roster. And Stan Van Gundy's got good chess pieces here with these each one of these individual young players. I hope he can figure out a way to put them in the right place because uh, the Pelicans are going to need it. If they're again, I think they're going to be one of those teams that's going to. It's going to come down to just a couple games if they if they catch the 7th or 8th seed and they can push uh, the Suns or or the Warriors. It's going to come down to just a few wins. So they, they need to start clicking sooner rather than later, I think, for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And, and I hope go gets it together. One thing about the Pelicans, though, Brandon Ingram is just taking this team by the collar neck. And just he's taking the reins. Like, Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't care about Zion Williamson. I don't care about anyone else on this team. I'm going to be the guy, and you're going to like it. Like, I was listening to that game they had against the Spurs where they ended up pulling out a narrow victory. Ingram shot every single possession. Every single possession in the fourth quarter. It was Brandon Ingram. It was just... I I was trying to listen for anyone else getting the ball, and it was just Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, every single play. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Zion's willing to take a backseat to Ingram or if Ingram's able to live up to this seemingly superstar mantra he's trying to to play for himself.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's just going to have to. Brandon Ingram just took another step forward in his career. He's actually shooting extremely well from three. I, from the field, it seems like he could just pull up from essentially anywhere, elbow, Mm. you know, one step away from the three point line, two steps. It it doesn't matter. I, I really like what I'm seeing from Brandon Ingram. He, Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the draft, you know, the easy draft day comparison when he was drafted in that whole first year was, He's Kevin Durant. He's the next Kevin Durant, mm. and it felt so lazy and so like okay, that's not tr- that can't that's that yeah. you know don't say that that you know how much weight that that means. But now it's like oh wow, like he is looking a little more like Kevin Durant esque out there this year. He's not quite Kevin Durant, no, but no, no. <laughs> but the framework looks like it's there in terms of like what what his offensive repertoire is, like just the the smooth jumper pull up over anybody from anywhere. Yeah. Including this three point line. So this seems like he his career is trending in toward towards an excellent um towards an excellent direction. And I heard I heard him on the podcast with JJ Reddick and it seems like his mind is in a better place compared to where he was in LA with all the shenanigans and Magic Johnson yeah. and and Anthony yeah, yeah. Davis trade
1: I, Yeah, you're referring to that quote where he's like when all those Anthony Davis rumors were going on, it kinda killed a lot of the a lot of the young guys there.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and it seems like LA was not quite the his his type of city. And it, it makes sense, right? He's a small yeah. town dude from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh went to Duke and he stayed seems like he was a big homebody or just you know, so it seems like he enjoys that environment where it's strictly basketball and Yeah. I mean, he's, he's going for it. Another mm-hmm. guy who probably can take some notes from that is <laughs> our, our man IRJ Barrett. He's back. He said back. he'd be back. <laughs> Here he is. 2 for 15, 13% from the field. Ooh. 0 for six from three, four turnovers, Ooh. and a plus-minus of negative 16. Yeah, wow
1: that that's playing on the New York Knicks for you.
0: Yeah that that's what it is there.
1: I mean, which, and, uh, are, are any of these R.J. Barrett's the real R.J. Barrett?
0: You know what they always say: the truth is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I don't I don't expect R.J. Barrett to come out here and average. Anything close to twenty six points a game? Not twenty four, twenty five, none of that. Yeah, but I also don't think he's a two for fifteen guy. I think, I think he he should realistically be eighteen or nineteen. I think he can touch that. I mean, mm-hmm. we got Terry getting that. We had Kyle Kuzma yeah. one year getting that. I think RJ's got yeah. enough talent, more talent than those guys, and I think he should he should be there at the very least. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think
1: RJ can be as good as Terry Rozier.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope that's not his ceiling, but
1: I think for, oh, no, for the short term yeah, not his ceiling, but like, yeah, I think this year he can average as much as like Terry Rogier.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I hope we see our man RJ Barrett start working towards that. Uh but to close the podcast here, not to forget to mention that although the Rockets have only played two games, you know, they got good individual pieces, but let's not forget that James Harden is still on this roster and he still wants to get moved. Teams are looking better. The 76ers are playing well with their core. The Nets are looking well. I mean, is there a place for James Harden truly out there? Is he going to get moved? Or is this all just... Or are the Rockets going to totally just hold on to this man? Yeah, if, I don't think it's going to happen soon. If it didn't happen there. before the season,
1: I think everyone's just checking out what they have right now. You don't really see big trades happen a few weeks into the season it seems way too hasty especially for the Rockets now that they have John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins and Eric Gordon coming back so yeah I I don't think it's gonna happen soon but I do still think it's
0: gonna happen but maybe late January Yeah, I think it's going to happen later in this season, and I want it to happen from a come-out-of-nowhere team. Let's go Portland. (laughs) They're just going (laughs) to swoop
1: in. I like it.
0: Yeah, let's go Portland. Let's go Kings. I don't know. Let's go Pacers. Somebody throw something crazy at us. (laughs) (laughs) Five
1: draft picks and so whatever else we'll have to yeah. come up with some we'll, we'll come
0: up with some uh, trade machine scenarios <laughs> yeah exactly well thanks everybody for tuning in and don't forget to check us out week in and week out as we break down the 2020 nba season
1: yes sir have a good week everyone happy new year
0: yep happy new year